Hey guys, welcome to the GAV show. This is your host, Vivian, and I'm sure you can tell that there's been a change of pace this week. Alvin is no longer the main host of the podcast, <laughs> or at least not this week. We've decided to switch things up a bit and have a solo podcast for two exclusive fancy episodes for you guys to listen to. The reason for that being is that I've been away for a few weeks due to little trips and being busy on the days that we would usually schedule our recordings on. So Alvin and I thought that it would be a fun change of pace to have a solo episode for you guys. If you guys heard last week's episode, that was Alvin's episode where he talked about five topics that we decided on and he gave his opinions on it and this week I'm going to give my opinions on my opinions on it. I haven't actually heard his opinions yet because I wanted to have a uninfluenced state of opinion and so welcome and I hope you guys enjoy this solo podcast by yours truly. I'm not actually sure how Alvin, I guess, organized his podcast. We kind of just decided on the five topics and left it up to the person to decide how you want to run the podcast, whether you want to do so-and-so topics first or the other topics first. I decided on three topics and he decided on two topics. I don't know if he did his topics first or if he did my topics first, but I'm going to go with my topics first just because it's the order in which we discussed it in our conversations on our messaging platform. So in case you guys don't know, <laughs> I just feel like I need to do a little bit of an introduction. I'm the other host of the JAV podcast. I am the V to the JAV. And usually Alvin is the one that kind of guides the podcast. He's the main host, I would say. So it's very different this time to be running my own podcast and to be leading it by myself. But if I were to talk about my initial feelings and how I think this is going to go, I feel like I'm going to feel a little bit pressured to fill in the silence and make sure that I always have something to say for the amount of time that we want this podcast to go on for, which is usually around like an hour and a half, minimum an hour. But I also feel like I vlog sometimes like I have little private vlogs of me and my dog Lumi and I've been journaling for most of my life and once in a while once in a blue moon when I really can't jot down my train of thought fast enough for a journal I'll actually voice record some things so I think I'll do okay I feel like Toastmasters will also help me a bit in terms of thinking about things on the spot and I'm trying to be conscious of my pace in which I'm speaking and not speak too fast because I know that when I get excited or even when I get a little bit nervous, which I feel like might be the case here for my first solo podcast, I'll start speaking really fast. So those are a few things that I'm trying to keep in mind for this podcast. 
otherwise i think it's gonna go well and i hope you guys enjoy now in preparation for this podcast i did of course write down some of my key ideas for the topics at hand and i have a few stories to tell with all these little points that i have and i hope that this actually takes up the whole hour to hour and a half that i'm shooting for all right let's (laughs) let's get started all right it's something that i've always wanted to do on the main podcast but it never translates that well is to do a little bit of asmr and now i don't think that i have a really good whispering voice but i feel like you guys might enjoy (laughs) i can't do it but you know it was worth a shot so let's hop into things and get this podcast started first topic that i wanted to talk about would be what's the biggest lesson you've learned in life and upon thinking about this topic i actually don't have one main big lesson that i've learned in life i feel like I've had some really impactful moments in life that have all taught me a general umbrella idea that I've always kind of held with me all throughout my life. But I feel like these big impactful moments in my life, they've kind of reinforced that idea. And so that's kind of the take that I want to go on for my first part. So, the main idea, or the biggest lesson I've learned in life, would be to live life backwards. I know that sounds really confusing, but it's it's not directly live life backwards, but here's the idea, guys. So, the idea is to view my life backwards. Ever since I was small, I always wanted to, I always knew that life was finite, and that we only kind of get one chance at this and i think one of the most depression depressing sorry things is to live a gray life and by gray i mean when you watch those dooming videos where they show somebody and there's like a gray filter all over the video and shows that person just like being a slave to their nine to five they wake up and they live this like really dull vicious cycle that has no passion has no color they're just kind of living to survive to pay bills to do what is expected of them the regular joe schmo type of shit until they die i feel like that would be so depressing and another thing that kind of was burned into my mind at an early age was that People, when they get older, they talk about things that they should have done when they were younger or at really any age. You think back to when you're like five years ago or 10 years ago or when you're more of an adolescent and you're like, oh, I should have seen life this way or it would have been really nice to see life that way or to, I don't know, behave this way or, you know, you know what I'm getting at. And the point that I don't want to reach 
is that I don't want to be on my deathbed one day and have all these regrets and have all these feelings about, oh, I, I wish I would have done this differently or done that differently. I don't want to be one of those people. And I've seen a lot of videos where you have more elderly people be asked, what would you tell yourself when you're looking back at yourself? What would you tell yourself at age 20? Or do you have any advice for young adults these age from what you've learned in life? And a lot of the times you hear these elderly people or anyone really giving advice to their past self, they'll say, follow your dreams, do what makes you happy, appreciate the people in your life, things like that. And that's the mindset I want to stick with. That's what I mean by view life backwards. Whenever I do almost anything in life, I try and look at it backwards. Like, okay, if I, today is August, <laughs> give me a second, let me look at my calendar. Okay, today is August 21st. I have the day off because I was supposed to go on a trip to Kelowna, but unfortunately, there are wildfires going on in Kelowna, and the friend that I was going to visit with me and all my female friends, we we're going to do a big girls trip to go visit her. She's on the cusp of being like evacuation noticed. Like she got the notice, but she's not leaving quite yet. And she sent a video of what Kelowna looks like right now, and it literally looks like what you would picture hell to look like. So I had the day off, but for that reason, but also because it's Lumi's birthday and I wanted to celebrate the whole day with her. Now, when I look back on, on this day a year from now, or even a few months from now, let's say a few months from now, I would want to have certain outcomes out of the day. I would want to make sure that I feel like I gave Lumi all the love that she deserves for her special birthday. I would want to make sure that I really cherish having her as my dog, really appreciate the unconditional love that she always has for me, and just really appreciate the bond that we have. And me having such an amazing, loving, smart, beautiful, kind dog that she is. And I know that sometimes having a dog there every day, you kind of forget to take care of them as well as you would wish you would would may this may be sadistic, but on their deathbed. Like on the day that Lumi is about to pass away, I don't want to feel that I should have spent more time with her. I don't want to feel that, oh, on her fourth birthday, which is the birthday that she has just had. I don't want to feel that, oh, on that one birthday, out of the few many years that she has, why didn't I spend more time with her? Why didn't I just go all out and give her everything that I want to give her for that birthday? If Lumi lives up to 15, I want to make sure every single 15, every single birthday of hers is filled with so much love and has so much happiness in it and I want to see her smile and I want to see her essentially act like it's the best day of her life every single birthday I could do at least that I know it's not logical and not logical <laughs> I know it's not reasonable to say that like 
I'll give her the best day of her life every single day. But I think that I owe it to her at least on her birth. I mean, I try to give her all the love and not to pre- not to fuck. What was the word? Not appreciate <laughs> her or not give her the time of the day. I try and give her a set amount of attention and love every single day. The bare minimums, you know? Not just make sure she's alive and take care of her. Actually, like, play with her and spend time with her every day. But that being said, looking back, I would want to make sure that this birthday has as much love and I give her as much as my as much undivided attention and love that I would want to give her if I was looking back at this on her deathbed. And that's kind of how I view life in a lot of ways. So that could go with spending time with friends or, okay, here, looking at a very important friendship of mine. I don't want, I try and keep myself accountable for these things. Of course, I'm a human being. I make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. But I try and be aware, be proactive in most of my friendships, especially the ones that mean the most to me, and show them that I will always be there. I may not, I may be a shit-ass replier, guys, but I want to make sure that the friendships that are important to me know that they're important to me and that I don't take it for granted. And that one day in the future, if I were to look back at friendship with X person, I can say that I feel like I gave them the attention, the love, the appreciation, the gratitude that I would want them to feel because of how important they are to me. And not be like, oh, fuck, I really took that friendship for granted. I really didn't appreciate them enough. I never want to be in that state. So that's kind of what I mean by living life with, living life backwards, looking at things backwards. It also taught, teaches me to be more present when I'm doing things, when I'm spending time with people, giving them my undivided attention. And it also teaches me to be present whenever I bring myself places. So there's this there's this thing that I kind of have where I feel like sometimes, I know it's in some ways I'm just kind of hard on myself, but it's if I'm, if I get tickets to go to a conch, Jesus Christ, I'm slurring my words. <laughs> if I get tickets to go to a concert, then for some reason, there's always a little side of me that's like, oh, do you deserve this? Like, how hard did you work? Did you work to your absolute max effort? Is everything maxed out for the amount of effort you could give for how hard you work in life, for every single aspect in life, for you to deserve this kind of fun and this kind of play? Which I know is kind of like, what the fuck? But I do think that a little bit, and I know that's being a little hard on myself in some ways, but for this looking at life backwards lesson and on the topic of or on the point of being present in those moments i tell myself look you bought the tickets you do work hard stop or fucking thinking things 
the most you can do right now is to be present and really enjoy this moment. And that's how I find that I I really make the most of big and small moments. And that's something that I'm really happy about. And there's not many things that I regret in life because of this aspect or because of this viewpoint of looking at life backwards. I do make mistakes sometimes with how like shit happens in life or how I treat people. But I think overall, I have very little regrets in life on how I enjoy life and how I work hard and how I do anything and how I treat the people that I love in my life. I would say that this lesson comes from, because it's a lesson, right? That's the topic, biggest lesson you've learned in life. You've had to learn it from something happening, right? I would say that I've learned this from, hmm. it's a accumulation of a whole bunch of little moments. Whenever you feel regret in life about something, like, fuck, I wish I would have done this. And then I know everyone should relate to this on some level, thinking that, fuck, all right. Or maybe maybe it's just wild, I don't know. I'm special. <laughs> There's been moments in life where I'm like, oh, I wish right now, if it was fucking possible to have magic powers, give me them magic power to be able to turn back time just five minutes or turn back time just 24 hours just please like i i wish that when i had a fucking car accident like one of the worst car accidents that i've had that i went in or before you know big arguments or something like that When I sit with myself during those moments and I'm like, fuck, I really wish I could turn back time right now. Like, I really, like, fuck, everything's just going to hell, going to shit. And I think that if only I could reverse time for five minutes. I haven't thought that in so fucking long because I feel like this lesson just comes back again and again and again. And just, it's such a solid such a solid what's the word (laughs) ideology that i really live by that okay if i live my life this way by looking at it backwards then it also comes with the caveat of i tried my best and there is this quote by this lady named give me one second i'm gonna pull it up um okay there's this quote by this memorist the reason why i'm pulling it up is because i just jotted this down as like a journal piece the other day there's this journalist oh mind me i think i'm coming down with a cold or something i'm not sure so if you hear a little bit of sniffling that's that's why (laughs) so there's this memorist her name is Maya Angelou she has this quote called do the best you can until you know better then 
when you know better, do better. And I feel like this quote can also be said in different ways. And the other way that I like to restate this quote is by saying, you did the best with the information that you had at the time. And I think this applies to anything in life. And it's that in hindsight, a lot of us would do things, would have done things that we would like to do differently. But it's a really helpful quote to be resolved in situations like this, that you tried your best with the information that you had at the time. And if you knew better, then you would have done better. And this really applies to this idea of looking at life backwards. So like, obviously, I I can't always be like, oh, in two months, in two years, I'm going to look at this moment and appreciate the fact that I did it exactly the way I did it or I got the outcomes exactly the way that I wanted it to like oh I was really present or I really showed love to this person or I really showed gratitude I really showed appreciation I was really there I was really prepared I can only assume so much and try so hard but I think that With this perspective, it's really allowed me to take that extra step in having very little regrets. And I would say that is one of the biggest life lessons that I've ever had and something that I consistently repeat to myself all the time. Now, on that note, while I was jotting down this idea, I also wanted to jot I also wanted to take note of a huge ass life lesson that I learned within the last year that I know will carry me very, very far in life and something that I am so proud of myself for and that I can't ever go back on. I'm not sure what I was trying to say there, but something that I am proud to have come this far to realize And that is how to actually love myself. I'm so sure you guys have heard, if you guys have tuned in from like a year, a year and a half, okay, not a year, more like a year and a half ago, I was in a really sad-ass place. And I would say that for a majority of my life, low-key, if you could could say low-key, I feel like I've been very transparent to a lot of the friends in my life, or at least the people close to me. But I feel like for a large portion of my life, I've been depressed. And it's always been a mission of mine to one day say that, hey, you know what? I am a happy person and really mean it and really embody that phrase. And I I don't want it to be on a day where something really good has happened or I had a really good lunch or that I have something exciting to look forward to. I want it to just be a regular Joe Schmo day, but I myself am healed internally and resolved enough to just be a happy person without any external influences. And I think that something that has allowed me to say that this year (laughs) really big milestone for me honestly but something that has allowed me to say that this year is learning how to truly love myself and 
in order to truly love yourself, a huge quote that I've learned from my therapist last year was, if you're ever wondering what is good, because I always try to be a good person at the end of the day, I want to be a good person. I want to do good. I want to be good. I want to, you know, encompass good. The fucking yin to the yang or whatever the white part is. Regardless, okay? My therapist told me something that has really stuck to me. And it was that if you're contemplating if something is good, truly good, then it should be good to all parties involved. And that includes yourself. And I know that sounds like a really simple statement. But that really, that really resonated with me. Because for the longest time, I did not, honestly, like, looking back now, I know we talked about looking at life backwards and shit like that, and here's the part where I'm saying, like, you know what, sometimes you live and you learn. But looking back now, I I never really loved myself before. I always put myself second to the people that I loved. And yeah, when you love people, I still kind of will always put the people I love first, But now it's not to a detriment to myself. But before I would put myself second, even if it was a detriment to myself, because for me it was like, okay, well, if the person that I love or people that I care for are happy and I am able to give them that or help them get there, then the reward that I get back in seeing them happy is enough for me. Even if it might hurt me a little by, I don't know, I'm really tired because I had to stretch my neck out to do this. Or that I kind of didn't really want to do this and it kind of makes me feel bad about myself, but it's okay. If they feel better, then that's a little bit enough for me. And after a while you honestly just kind of feel like shit because you let yourself down all the time and you would think that oh yeah i love myself or i'm gonna give myself a pamper day i'm gonna do a face mask i'm gonna get myself ice cream or something like that and yeah that's like little ways of loving yourself but that's bullshit (laughs) that's fucking not sprinkles but that's small shit compared to actually treating yourself like you're somebody that you love which is a key point guys if you want to learn how to love yourself you should treat yourself like you're somebody you love and that includes not letting yourself get stepped on or not or listening to yourself when something doesn't feel okay and standing up for that and being there for yourself and doing the things that you said you would do to yourself and not letting yourself down. Anyways, (laughs) yes, another big life lesson that I've learned in the last year is how to genuinely love myself. And that has taken me so far this year. I feel like a completely different person. I feel so stable foundationally in terms of my happiness and how I carry myself now. And it's just it has just brought reward after reward after reward and I don't feel guilty of putting myself first anymore when I don't feel like a burden when I do things for myself that I know is good for myself I don't feel like a burden when I take up space and I don't think I would have said that a year ago
So a big, very big life lesson, guys. Learn to love yourself. It really, it really seeps into all the other areas in your life, and it's really gratifying and it's really rewarding. Now, on to the next topic. Sorry if that was a rough way of like cutting things off, but kind of have a schedule I want to follow. And you know what? Based on, I had a few more things to talk about on this, but I know that it's going to leak into other areas of this podcast. And I will mention it later when I'll refer back to this point about loving yourself later because I have a lot to say. And as you guys know, my favorite topic is always about psychology, mental health, feelings and emotions and all this shit. Because I have a lot to say about that. I got big feelings, guys. <laughs> Alright, on to topic two. We are 30 minutes in and doing really well on time. And I know time isn't really something I should be marking this by. But it's also a nice indicator of how things are going with how I'm filling up the podcast with material and content and valuable information. <laughs> okay, I kind of wanted to say that differently, actually. Me keeping track of time tells me how I am doing in terms of being able to fluidly be a podcast host and say what I want to say without having any nervousness with speaking. Okay, you guys get what I mean. On to topic two. Who are you now compared to who you were as a kid? Now, when I was planning out my ideas for this, I drew a Venn diagram. Oh, shit. When was the last time you guys heard of Venn diagram? On one side, I had YV, Young Viv. On the other side, I had Now. And in the middle, I had the things that I feel like were always there that never really died off. But I always also had a little section on the side where, where I put that it was kind of lost. But I, as I was filling in my ideas, I felt like nothing, nothing could really go in the lost section. I feel like as you grow up, a lot of things are transformed or you just kind of resolve and conclude that part of you. And then I felt like lost wasn't the exact word for it. Like lost in terms of parts of my personality that were there when I was a kid that aren't there now. I don't want to say that they're lost. It's just that I've I've grown. I've become, I wouldn't say more myself compared to how I was before. But I've just grown. This is Viv 2023 compared to Viv 2000s. If you guys get what I mean. (laughs) Now, let me tell you guys my idea of what young Viv was like. Young Viv was, she was a dreamer. I, I wouldn't say I'm not a dreamer now, but young Viv, definitely dreamer. I had so many hobbies, so many passions, so many things I wanted to do with my life, and so many fucking interests. I don't know if this is the fucking ADHD. I'm not diagnosed, guys. I always say this, but I always say I have ADHD. I'm not diagnosed. 
or anything. But, you know, you, 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 you get the point. I had so many interests, so many things that I found fascinating about the fucking world. My mind was always on overdrive and I always wanted to do everything and anything. Okay. You know, except for scary gross shit. And I was always so full of fucking life. Everything that I did, I thought was the coolest shit ever. Like, I loved hanging out with myself. I, I, I loved hanging out with other people too, but I also really enjoyed my own company. I thought I was like my own best friend and... I was never lonely. I had this wallet and I created a whole bunch of membership cards for myself. Each membership card would be for whatever game I would play with myself. That would be like, oh, if I wanted to do a bunch of cartwheels and gymnastic like type shit. Like I was really into doing like flips and trying to do like case stands and like one-handed cartwheels or doing like the fucking pinwheel thing where you you're on the spot doing cartwheels and doing like backflips and shit. Whenever I wanted to do that by myself, I would go into my wallet, grab out my membership card for that club that was that I was in. And I would pretend that I'm going to, okay, like whenever I would do flips and shit at home, I would do it in my bonus room. So I'd grab my wallet, walk over to the bonus room, take out my membership card for that, for that activity and place it on tape, place it on the table and act as if I'm going into this club to do this activity. Like, oh, I'm going to spin class. Let me take out my spin class membership and scan it before I go into the facility. My membership for this gymnastic thing was called Cat Club with a k don't ask why i loved cats i thought they were so fucking cool and i just thought it was like shit this is such a creative fucking cool ass name and in my head whenever i walked into the bonus room i could see like i i imagined this neon sign that said cat club on it and i'm like walking into this building and i'm like hey guys i'm here to do my flips and shit And it was the coolest shit ever. And I would just place on the table and I'd go over and just start doing random flips and shit. And then when I was done, I'd go over, pick up my membership card, and put it back in my wallet. Now, I had membership cards for a lot of things. And this also includes every single hobby and every single kind of dream that I had. As you guys know, I love cooking. So I had my own cooking show, you know, obviously. Whenever I would cook, I would take out my little... It was a Canon Elf, I believe it was called. It was a little digital camera. And I would place it on my counter and record myself cooking. And I would talk to it as if I'm Martha Stewart. As if I'm fucking... Jenna... Why do I want to say Jenna Marbles? Okay, as if I'm Ina. Ina Garden. I would take out this camera and record and talk as if I had my own cooking show. But of course, before I start, I would have to go to my wallet, take out my membership card for my cooking cl- cooking show. And I actually don't remember what the title for my membership for this cooking show was. It, it didn't have any. It wasn't anything really unique and crazy and super cool, of course, like the gymnastics cat club. But I would take it out, put it down, and 
walk on and be like oh my god like welcome back to another episode of vivian's cooking show today we're cooking this and we have these ingredients involved you guys are gonna love this dish and stay tuned because after that we have a three course dessert meal it's really fruity really whatever and that's how i would present it and then after i would do my cooking of course i would have so much fucking fun cooking and plating i really love the plating aspect of things i would go back watch my show and be like wow that was so cute and then i delete it (laughs) because i didn't really have that many that much storage in my sd card and that was all the fun that i had but yeah anyways viv was a dreamer i was really passionate i also had like a okay i'm gonna say one more thing i also was had a hair salon and that salon went towards my dolls and also towards myself so whenever i took out the membership it was like okay this is the salon and i would do my hair in so many crazy ways like i would like braid this braid that learn how to clip my hair this way learn how to french braid what a dutch braid is learn how to do certain styles of buns and shit like that and this is what i mean but i was like wild and i was like a dreamer so along with this i had like a fashion thing and i would be like i would wake up some days and be like all right today i'm a fucking princess and i would wear my cinderella dress to school this is in kindergarten preschool grade one and i would rock that shit i don't know if anyone ever looked at me weirdly or was like what the fuck is Viv wearing because i didn't see it i saw no fucking haters guys (laughs) i was like this is the coolest shit ever today i'm a princess and i'm and that's how i'm gonna be and I would leave the house with a shit ton of fucking clips in my hair and like pins and the wildest fucking, what's it called? What are those really like fluffy hair ties that people, like girl, a lot of girls wear them on their wrists nowadays and like in their hair? Scrunchies, scrunchies, yes. I'd put like different colors of scrunchies in my hair and I'd have like four ponytails. I was wild, but I loved it and I was unashamed at all. Now, that being said, I was, like, yes, I was a dreamer. I was unapologetically myself. That is a really great way of saying it. I was also kind of a tomboy. I did have a tomboy phase where I dressed, I would try to dress like Avril Lavigne. I would do, like, parkour shit. Like, I would try and go up the stairs in different ways without actually using the stairs by, like, climbing on the outside of the railing or trying to like tie bed sheets onto like the top floors um railing and climbing up the bed sheets and shit like that or jumping off the top part of the playground at school and seeing like what ways i can like jump off by making it look like i'm fucking batman or some shit it was so fun i love doing that shit or like wearing i had this red visor that i would wear a lot and i thought it was the coolest shit ever because you know ash ketchum from pokemon wore a red hat and whenever he went to go catch some pokemon he would like slide his hat to the side i would do that too but on my own adventures when i'd be doing shit like oh let me make sure that i am super cool and i can break into my own house (laughs) okay you guys let me preface that i would like try and climb the fence to my own house during like family barbecues and be like guys guess how i got in i locked myself out but i got back in and be and everyone would be like wow viv so cool and i'd be like right 
Yeah. So that's that's how I was. But okay, given all that, I was also a big crybaby. I cried all the fucking time. I was a big worry wart. I thought that when I first learned about natural disasters, I was like, holy shit, we are never safe. My parents wanted to move to Vancouver, and I love Vancouver, don't get me wrong. But I was like, guys, there's going to be a tsunami, we're going to die. At least in Edmonton, if there's a tsunami from Vancouver, we have time, you know? Like, we'll be able to get away. But in Vancouver, you have very little time to get away. And anywhere on land that you are on, there's a chance of tornadoes, earthquakes, and shit like that. At least in Edmonton, you have only the chance of earthquakes and tornadoes. No tsunamis. And then there was a moment in time when I remember being such a worry wart that every single time I would watch my par- I would watch the clock and if my parents were late coming home, I'd be like, holy shit, my parents died. I'm a, I'm a fucking orphan. And this happened every single day for like quite a while. And when they would come home, I'd be like, holy shit, all right, we survived another fucking day. And at night, sometimes I would be like, Who's stopping people from breaking into this house and killing my entire family? I know this is really sadistic, but I I just had a wild imagination, okay, guys? So I would plan, like, escape routes with my dad. I had, like, a ladder in case I needed to jump out the second-story window. I had fucking (laughs) other shit that would make me feel protected if someone came into my house. And, like, little tips and tricks and, like, gadgets to, like, distract them. And, like, fake little, like, what do I want to say? Fake little sacrificial stuffies that I could throw at them if somebody came into my house. Yeah, I was a war reward. I was a crybaby, guys. I cried about so many things because everything just felt like big emotions to me. And life was life is really vulnerable and I remember when I learned that life wasn't fair that not everyone gets a roof over their heads that sometimes babies are born with cancer that sometimes your parents don't love you that sometimes some people go to bed hungry or people just are in less fortunate situations than I am It made me really sad for a long time for those people that like, damn, why is the world so, so sad? Why is it so unfair to some people? Like, like why? Think about all the sadness and all the struggles that people around the world go through. It it would make me really sad and just thinking about that stuff would make me cry. So yeah, I was big crybaby guys. Big, big crybaby. Now, all right. On that note, something that I think has something that I think has stuck with me from when I was younger to who I am now is that I have always been a creative. I have always loved to read. I've always loved to draw, sketch, be creative in terms of anything that will allow me any medium that will allow me to express myself creatively. Whether that be through music, I tried to make music at some point. I love singing. Through food, which is still very evident to this day. I love cooking and baking. Through writing, which was a lot more evident 
back in junior high and high school because I used to write creative shorts and poems and things like that. But I still love writing to this day. I still keep a journal. I still write down interesting points of thought to myself. And I feel like that's another way of me expressing myself creatively through writing nowadays. And I still love anything that allows me to have a creative aspect on it. Something that I crave and something that I know I will need in my life to be fulfilled. Another thing that I know is the same between Young Viv and who I am now is that I have always been a big, big, fuck, what is the word? I feel like component is not the word I want to use. And it's definitely not opponent. I've always been the one to speak my mind from when I was a kid to how I am now. I don't see any other way. I know that before I talked about loving yourself and that kind of goes with like standing up for yourself and how I said I didn't love myself before. But young Viv and Viv now has always prioritize speaking my mind i think that regardless of when i didn't love myself and i felt like a burden and all that shit i still always felt like my voice mattered and what i have to say mattered and that i can make a difference with what i have to say in different scenarios And from when I was younger, I would always speak my mind, tell people whenever they made me upset, say things that were fucking savage. (laughs) I have some fucking really funny stories, but I I would always speak my mind. And when I was younger, that would kind of, if you guys are Asian, then something in Asian culture is that you're not technically supposed to speak back to your elders. You're always supposed to kind of just say yes and listen to whatever you're told and never kind of question what they say but i've never ever followed that and yes i've been told many times by the people older than me that i'm rude or that i in cantonese it's bok joy a lot which i believe is which i believe means like talk back a lot but i never i never agreed If me speaking my mind while still being respectful is talking back just because I don't agree with your point of view simply because you're older, then so be it. Call me rude. And if, while I was a kid, if your reason for telling me this is just because you're older or that you feel like you have superiority simply because you're older or just because you said so and there's no actual reason behind it, I will not fucking listen. I don't give respect simply because you're older or simply because whatever stance or whatever position you have in my life. You get respect because of how you carry yourself and how you treat other people. And I always had this perspective when I was a kid and I have that now. And I'll always speak my mind. I don't care what position you're in. I will always speak my mind. 
obviously obviously in the correct settings like if a cop's fucking saying something it won't be like shut the fuck up or you know you know, you get what i mean and to this day i also think that i will all it's very important for me to always speak my mind and that goes with sticking up for other people i'm not scared to stick up for other people i speak mine or i'm never or i'm also not scared to be the only person with a differing opinion in a group or to disagree with somebody speaking my mind is definitely definitely a key thing for me another thing that i think is the same between how i was before and how i am now is that i am kind of fearless and big caveat guys obviously i get scared of shit obviously i feel fear but when I say fearless, I mean that there's not a lot of conventional fears that I have in terms of like, I'm not afraid of bugs, not afraid of this or that, scary movies, shit like that. A lot of the things I think you can reason with yourself on why it scares you and kind of see it that way. That was a really poor way of explaining things. When I was younger, I used to kind of get the heebie-jeebies and jump whenever I would see a bug near me. Until one day, I reflected and I asked myself, Why, Viv? Why are you actually scared of this bug? And I had no answer. I do this to myself a lot, actually. I ask myself questions, and if I have no answer, then it kind of, like, goes down a further list of things to reassess and reflect on. So when it came to fearing things, I would ask myself, okay, what exactly are you scared of with this? And with bugs, I I had no answer. I was just, it's fucking gross. It's freaky. But why? Why is it freaky? Why is it gross? Oh, maybe it's because everyone else feels like it's freaking, it's gross, and it's something that I've learned from my peers to be kind of afraid of. I'm not sure. But after I reflected on that, it took away the fear of bugs completely for me, and now I am really okay with touching bugs. <laughs> like, okay, give it. If you if somebody had a fucking bucket full of spiders and told, told me to put my hand in there, yeah, I would not put my hand in there. I'd be like, holy shit, that, that gives me the heebie-jeebies, guys. But one spider alone, two spiders alone, it's not that big of a deal anymore. I'll actually save its ass because I saw this thing on social media that completely aligns with how I feel about these things. You know how sometimes when people see bugs in their home or in their space, they go ahead and try and kill it? But for me, I'm like, he's just pass- he or she's just passing by. They don't have to die. <laughs> What if they have a family waiting for them or friends or they're just on an adventure? They're just passing by. Just let them go back outside and they'll be on their way and you'll be on their way. You know? But yeah, things like that. I would say I don't have many fears. Or I'm stupidly brave. <laughs> Another thing I think is the same is that I'm a very compassionate person. I feel like Ever since I was young, and to this day, I really care for people. I have a lot of empathy, and I really wear my heart on my sleeve. 
And that's something that I really like about myself. I feel like I really appreciate the human aspect of people when they're able to show me who they are at their core, their heart, their soul. When I'm really able to connect with people in that way and just understand somebody's heart. That's what I feel like makes life a little bit less dull. It's these kind of interactions and this kind of constant feeling where you're connected with the people around you or you're able to be compassionate and empathetic with those who share the life with you. And I like to nurture that. And so young Viv and the Viv now, compassionate people, very caring, very loving. The last thing that I have on my list that is the same with young Viv and the Viv now is that I love to learn. Anything that I ever have a question about, I will always look it up. And oftentimes I go into a rabbit hole. I feel like every single topic, hobby, subject in the world, if there's if there are are a group of people who can be passionate and super interested in it, then there's obviously something about that that makes it interesting. And that is what I want to learn. So, that being said, obviously I don't know everything, obviously. That's not a disclaimer I need to say, but, you know. And obviously I have things that I'm mainly interested in but I feel like whenever I have a question about anything I always like to look it up because I hate leaving a stone unturned there's so much to learn in life guys so fucking much so many topics so many little things to know how the world works science to know how the body works to know how fucking cars work to know how things interact in order to create this how the brain works history so much to fucking learn And it's always so fascinating to see all, to just grow your brain and to be captivated by new information. And that's always something that's been the same between YV and OV, Old Viv, if you will. Now, in my now section, I have a few things. And they're all kind of emotion-based. The top thing is that I'm happier which I know I mentioned in the last subject, that I am generally pretty fucking happy now. And I feel like that would that's something that's quite different from Young Viv because Young Viv always had the goal of one day saying, I am a happy person. And so present day Viv is able to say that. So that's the difference that I have there. Another thing that I have down is that I put down the point of no anger and obviously I get upset sometimes but compared to the Viv that I was in high school I felt like I got angry a lot in high school I had a lot of arguments with my mom that went pretty fucking crazy or like sometimes I would get angry with friends or my cousins and I feel like I've seen so much really uncontrolled, ugly anger from other people in my life that it's really turned down anger for me. It's almost made anger a turn off. 
And I feel like one, a friend has once told me that he, they feel like anger, they, you feel anger when you feel like you've been done, when you've been wronged. And I kind of agree. But for me, I feel like one step further into exploring that is that that means that I feel hurt. Because obviously that means that the person who has done me wrong is important enough to me to hurt me in this way. That we have an intimate enough relationship, friendship connection, that they can do something to hurt me. And so when I explore that emotion further, I don't feel anger. I just feel hurt. Sadness, if you will. And so I rarely ever get angry anymore, guys, honestly. I think the last time I was angry was when I felt like a friend kind of stabbed me in the back. And that one that one was actually anger. <laughs> I mean, I was I was also hurt, but I was also very very upset. But the way that I express anger is so different now. Because I would say that was I would say that incident that I just referred to was the most angriest I've gotten in the last few years. And on the outside, I don't think you would be able to tell that I was that angry. I think somebody on the outside would say, oh, Viv's a little upset with that. But they wouldn't think that I was as angry as I was because I just, I feel like I'm really fucking great at controlling my anger now to the point that it almost doesn't, I wouldn't say it doesn't exist, but I'm able to channel in different ways and make use of it to have a progressive conversation and draw boundaries where I need to and realign my thoughts in order to not make this incident happen again and that it doesn't bear on, it doesn't weigh on my shoulders and that I don't carry any anger with me. So something that has really largely changed that I don't really get angry anymore. Another thing that I have in the now is that grown up, obviously, I feel like I've matured in a lot of ways, which comes with, I wouldn't, okay, it wouldn't come with age because there are still people who are old, der, old, but aren't mature. And I wouldn't say I'm, oh my God, I'm so mature, guys, but. I, I would say that I've definitely matured throughout the years. Another point that I have here is that I'm less boyish. Not exactly tomboyish anymore. I feel like I'm... I do have some girly habits and way of life. But I wouldn't say I'm as boyish as I used to be. I mean, I dress... Yeah. I just want to say I'm as boyish or tomboyish as I used to be. And the last point that I have here is that I am optimistic. I used to be quite depressed before and think that life was hell. (laughs) I'm being frank here, guys. And now I feel like I'm quite the fucking optimistic person. Feels great. And I have this one point that I didn't really want to put it anywhere in the diagram. It was just a general point, and it's that I feel like I'm less sensitive, but I'm not jaded. 
And what I mean by that is that I'm able to detach myself from my emotions enough to assess them from a little further away and not act immediately on my emotions. But I am also not jaded in the way that I don't let things ever get to me or that I don't feel things. And I never want to be that person who, you know how a lot of people say like, oh, like adults or okay, maybe not a lot of people say that's a weird phrase to use, but you guys get what I mean. Like there's an idea that as you grow older, you become more jaded. Things bother you less or you don't care about a lot of things. I never really want to be that person. I want to, I don't care if life stays hard or if I have like really big pains in life or have really sad moments or really high highs, really low lows. I'd rather that than be someone who kind of bounces around the middle, the median of emotions. Because I think something that makes life really rich and really great is to be able to experience it. And part of experiencing it to me is being able to feel those high highs and those low lows. And with that being said, guys, Oh shit, I should have written this down for the biggest lesson. But something else is to learn how to suffer well. Guys, suffer well. Learn how to suffer well. People always expect life. I read this book called Mud and Lotus. And it was a really eye-opening book. Essentially, the idea is that most people go through life expecting life to be either neutral or good. And when life becomes bad, or when a bad incident happens, then they're like, oh oh my god, Like, why is this happening to me, or why do I deserve this, or why is this happening? And they harbor on the bad parts. But how realistic is that, guys? You can't always have life just be neutral or good. Shit's gonna happen. We all know shit's gonna happen. So the earlier you accept that shit's gonna happen, bad times are gonna come. Just as much as good times are going to come. Of course, obviously, hopefully a lot less. But inevitable for bad times to come. Once you accept that and you kind of learn how to suffer well, then you'll swim and wade through those bad times with a lot more ease and with a lot less pain. So guys, another lesson. (laughs) Suffer well. Learn how to suffer well. Here is the next third topic. Welcome to part three of this episode. Or not part three. Um, section three. How much and what parts of your personality was taught by your parents versus yourself and versus your peers? I have three lists, of course, written down. One's my parents, one's myself, and one is my peers. And the main point that I have under my parents is foundations. Obviously, your parents are quite influential in how you grow up and the seeds that are planted in your life. Of course, you have a lot. You and your environment and your peers also influence you a lot. But I'm fortunate enough to say that I feel like my parents have positively planted seeds 
to allow me to become the person I am today. They have created a beautiful foundation for me to become who I am today. Something that my dad has always said growing up is that he's always taught us, when I say us, I have a sibling, I have a sister. My dad has always tried to instill these golden rules, quote unquote, golden rules in us. One of the things that always stands out first for a golden rule is to put things back where you found it. And that's not really a life thing. That's just to keep things organized in the house. Like, okay, you, you grab fucking these craft scissors from the cabinet. Go put them back in the cabinet when you're done with them. So next time you need it, you know they will be in the cabinet. Instead of being lazy and, oh, just shoving it into that drawer downstairs just because it's right there. You know? Very simple rule. It's a very simple golden rule to keep things organized. Put things back where you found it. Another one that my dad taught me is to treat others how you want to be treated. And that's amazing. Amazing. I've repeated that to myself so many times. But of course, as you grow older, you kind of learn that like, oh, different people want to be treated differently. You can kind of tailor how you treat people to how they want to be treated, love languages and shit like that. But as a kid, that was a really great golden rule. Treat others how you want to be treated. Be nice, guys. It's not that hard to be nice. Another one that my dad taught me, I believe I might have mentioned this once in a podcast episode, but it's don't panic. That when you panic and when you rush through things, you're more likely to make mistakes than if you took your time. And the key story that my dad told me to instill this into me was that, long story short, one of his coworkers got hurt at work cut his hand open if he panicked and freaked out like most people would with that size of an injury then he would have lost a lot of blood probably wouldn't have gotten the first aid and help that he needed in order to save his hand but because he did not panic and he did things slowly or at a normal pace that he could do things correctly without rushing shit he was able to save his hand and not lose as much blood as he would have as if he panicked. So guys, never panic. You got it. You have time. If you panic, you're going to mess things up more than if you took your time. Another thing was to try your best. My parents always said that... Sometimes your best may never be enough, but as long as you try your best, then that's all you can ask for. And that goes with school. That goes with anything you put effort into. It's always just try your best. And you'll be proud of it. Another thing that I would say I learned more from my mom than my dad, even though like both extrude this very much so is to be generous. My mom has always put others above herself. She's always given more than she's taken. And she's always been so charitable, even when budget was tight. Even when I, as 
a kid would be like, um, mom, I think that's a stupid financial decision to randomly donate $200 to this starving kid's charity. But my mom would always say, be grateful that you have a roof over your head. Always know that you are very fucking lucky to have these basic things. Never take these basic things for granted. Never take having food in your stomach even if it's food you don't like never take that for granted that you have food you have water you have clothes you have a roof over your head and that you have family and people who care about you never take this shit for granted because there are a lot of people without that in the world and so when you can give always give when you can help out always help out when you can be charitable, always be charitable. And, okay, that that is a very great thing. And I have willingly been scammed a few times by giving, like, 20 bucks to those people who come to your door and they give you this shit and they don't give you a receipt afterwards. Or, like, this one time this random guy came into my work when I was working at a cafe and asked for 20 bucks because he said he left his wallet at a restaurant and he came to get gas, but now he's really close to the gas station, but he doesn't have enough money to pay for his gas to get his car back because his engine is running low on gas. And then he just needed 20 bucks, and I would pay me back. And he, like, gave me his fucking car insurance to take a picture of, and I don't know what I would... I don't, what the fuck do you do with a car insurance, someone else's car insurance, if you want them to give you 20 bucks back? Like, I was like, oh... He's willing to show me this. I'll take a picture of this. Okay, he's going to come back. Seems like an honest guy. So I gave him 40 bucks because I was like, make sure you get enough gas. And yeah, obviously the guy never came back. And yeah, obviously I'm not in the market to get scammed, guys. And I try not to get scammed. But you know, I'm just like, try and try and be generous. Try and try and be giving, guys. <laughs> One thing that my dad always taught me is to be genuine be unapologetically yourself obviously in ways that you don't hurt other people be genuine and honest and my dad has always time and time again even in harder situations has always been honest even if it hurts to be honest and he has always been genuine and i really respect that about him and that's something that i try and carry with myself every day something else that i learned from both my parents is how to be loving and i would say i learned this from my sister as well obviously everyone as they grow up as they go through family shit i'm so sure every family has had rough times or hard times and times when you really feel like shit hit the fan or like okay can't say this for everyone now. i've just thought of a few examples okay but okay my my family has really taught me how to be loving and what true unconditional love is like and how to really be resilient in the face in the face of hardship and how to really pull yourself up from the ground emotionally, mentally and how to support each other 
I've learned that really well from my my family. Something that I have on this list that I feel like I've learned from my mom specifically because she really wanted to instill this into me, but that I kind of carried with myself is that my mom, ever since I was young, she always wanted to train me, quote unquote, on how to be a perfect wife. (laughs) Now, when I say that, my mom's really traditional, okay? So she really wanted me to learn how to cook really well, how to clean really well, how to do household chores really well, how to sew and repair clothes, how to fix things like small things around the house, how to take care of things, like prepare shit for the family. Basically, how to be a really good wife. How to show love to your husband. My mom would be like, see, look at what I'm doing for your dad. I'm packing his lunch. This is his favorite thing. He's going to really appreciate this. This is how you show care. Or like, oh, okay. This is how you plan meals for a week. This is how you budget meals for a week. This is how you go grocery shopping if you want to go grocery shopping. This is how you plan if you want to do like different kind of meals and you want to and you don't need this many veggies. Like if you go to a fucking store and you don't need that much fucking cabbage. Like who needs a whole ass head of cabbage at one point? She she would teach me how to think of different meals or how to save it and put it in the fridge or in the freezer so that I could prepare for a different time and how to like eyeball things or oh this is how you clean a toilet properly this is how you remove soap scum this is how you properly iron out a shirt or oh you have a tear in your in your jeans this is how you repair it this way this is how you repair a tear in like stretchy fabric oh if your fucking elastic's broken this is how you repair that I learned all those things from my mom And I did go even further and learned that in school as well because I was really interested in it. But I would say my mom really gave me the foundations for those things. And both my mom and my dad, I would say, are very talented people in a lot of ways. They are both jack-of-all-trades, especially my mom. My mom is a very talented person. And I would say that I, I also know how to do a lot of... I also have a hand in like a little bit of knowledge and how to do this in a lot of different fields. And I would say that kind of jack of all trades personality I got from my mom. And I really love that about myself. So thanks mom. Thanks dad. Thanks Jeff. Something that I feel like I've learned from myself is that I've always tried to be who I want to be, carry myself who I want to be. So I have this, idea of who I want Vivian to be these are the characteristics this is how she upholds herself and that's something that I've I would say I've taught myself throughout life again and again because when you're given in the face when you're faced with adversion what you will always have is who you are when people if whether someone's there to see it or not. And it's something that I have found that I can be more proud of myself than not is how I carry myself. And yes, I obviously I make mistakes, guys. I'm human. But I'm very proud in that idea and how I carry myself that way. Some of the some of the things that go along with how I, I carry myself and who I want to be is that 
from a very young age, I heard from, I think it might have been like Arthur or some shit, the TV show, the fucking Ant Eater or Anorak, that patience is a virtue. And I was like, oh shit. When I was a kid, when I heard this, I was like, oh shit, patience is a virtue. Okay, I'm going to adopt that so I can have this great ass quality. Kind of like a game. Like, okay, I want my character to have these attributes. Okay, I need to adopt this really fast and like train it and keep it that way. So I was like, alright, sick. Patience is a virtue. I will have motherfucking patience. And I think it was in grade 3, 4. I, I remember seeing my... I picture my elementary school and like what I saw the next day after hearing that, watching that episode. And I kept repeating myself, patience is a virtue. How can I apply that to my life and I feel like I'm a very patient person honestly and that's something I've taught myself for sure something else is that I remember hearing when I was at a restaurant when I was really young this one person say oh my god I appreciate them pushing in their chairs and that really stood out to me for some fucking reason so I always try to push in my chair everywhere I go before I leave and if I can, I'll push in everyone else's chairs too. Another thing is to never be jaded. I kind of mentioned that in the last topic. And to have no regrets. I also mentioned that in the last topic. Another one is that I heard when I was younger that classy people lift up their fingers. Or not the fingers, fuck. They lift up their, they raise their pinky fingers when they hold cups. Like, pinkies up, ladies. So I have this habit now. I trained myself to have this habit because I was like, shit, I want to be a classy person in this way. So I fucking, every single time I hold a cup and I drink from something, I automatically lift up my pinky finger. It's, it's a habit, guys. And something else that I've trained myself in is that to be a brave person, and that goes along with always speaking my mind, but always you won't always be ready for certain situations and if you always wait for yourself to be ready then you're going to miss a lot of opportunities so if you're scared just do it fucking scared just be brave okay (laughs) another thing and this goes along with how my mom wanted me to be a quote-unquote perfect wife and the passion to learn a lot of things that i feel like was instilled in me from my parents would be i've always wanted to be a really capable person so i've taught myself how to be capable in a lot of ways and that when i say that i mean i am a human being i should know how to take care of myself as a human being so i should know how to feed myself i should know how to cook i should know basic nutrition if i get injured i should know basic first aid i am trained in level two first aid guys and i live in a house i should know how to do basic chores around the house how to take clean a house how to repair basic things in a house a light is broken a wall is has a hole in it tile is broken how to regrow things sink faucet is broken how to repair that toilet is clogged how to do that fucking drain isn't working how to repair that how to replace the drain basic things like that your cars tires popped how to replace a tire 
change oil, shit like that, you know? How to be a basic capable person with all the things that I interact with daily and that I have. That is something that I am happy to have taught myself. Another one goes along with the biggest lesson that I've learned in life is how to love myself and how to be happy. Now, something that I learned from my peers, and I have a few notable people to mention, and I'm not sure if they want me to mention this, but I have a few quotes here. So when I was filling out the peer section, I the first thing that I came or the first thing that came up to my came to mind, sorry, were these quotes. One was to have a little faith. This quote came from my dear friend Gabe. He's been on the podcast before, guys. And when I was having a hard time last year, when fucking reason alone just didn't cut it, and I was just scraping the fucking bottom of the barrel for hope, guys. I was I was in a sad place. My friend Gabe, he just told me, Viv, life can really suck sometimes, but honestly... Just have a little faith. If anything, just have a little faith. You might not know what good is going to come. You might not know what's going to happen. But just have faith that it will be better. Just try for one more day. Just keep fucking swimming. And it's so simple. But it's really stuck with me. Another quote that I have written down is progress over perfection. And this comes from my dear friend, R-Star. I feel like I've always kind of held myself to really stricter standards or I'm kind of hard on myself in a lot of ways. And I don't celebrate the micro achievements or any progress made if it's not exactly where I want it to be. And so when I was going through harder times, I felt like I was in a constant loop because I wasn't happy. I was either sad or happy. And I saw myself as either sad or perfectly healed. And even though I was making strides and I was slowly healing day by day and I was making improvements and I was accomplishing things in other areas of my life, I was always hard on myself that it's not exactly where I want it to be. And I think that's a very ill way of living life because... I've always thought that life is about the journey. Life is about experiencing things, like I mentioned earlier. But I didn't apply that to the progression and the things that I was intentionally working on in life. And of course, there's a disconnect there. Because if I believe that life is all about experiencing things, then I should also believe that life is about the journey. And you should celebrate every single step of the journey. And Arstar really help me understand that and this quote honestly is something that I will carry on and repeat to myself for the rest of my life progress over perfection celebrate the little wins guys they matter too one thing that your other favorite host of the JAV show has helped instill in me or has influenced me is to bet on your friendships 
Now, I mentioned this earlier when I was talking about loving yourself and how I would feel like a burden I and how I didn't like taking up space. I didn't feel like I was worthy of taking up space. He told me this line before that, hey, Viv, if you're having a hard time, lean on your friendships. Lean on your friends. Let them be there for you. If you feel like you're a burden, then you're kind of doing a disservice to your friends. You're not giving them the chance to be there for you. And that's how you really develop those deep connections and deep friendships. When you know that you can lean on them and they can lean on you. If you're always letting them lean on you, then it's not going to feel like a genuine connection if you can also lean on them and they won't feel it too. And when Alvin said that I was doing like a disservice to the friendship by not allowing it to grow in that direction and become a genuine deep and rich friendship that way it really rung a bell or whatever you may call it and since that day obviously through a lot of reflection and work here and there i've realized that it's there's a lot of value in letting someone be there for you and letting someone care for you for the relationship itself there's so much value in there and it's not selfish and it's not being a burden it's allowing yourself to be loved and allowing people to care for you and it's very good for both parties like i mentioned at the beginning of this podcast guys is it good yes it's good because it benefits all parties Another thing I learned from friends, friends and friends lost and friends that I've distanced from is how to set boundaries. Now, let me put a disclaimer, guys. I have some friends that I, I don't text as often anymore, and I feel like they would probably be like, fuck, maybe I fit in this category if it's trying to distance from me. And some of some of them probably, <laughs> honestly, probably. But honestly, some is just I also just don't want to text everyone every day. But anyways, that being said, I've also learned how to set boundaries. I wouldn't be happy, Viv, if I always let people step on my boundaries. And I fucking love it. I love that I've learned how to set boundaries because I feel so goddamn good to set boundaries and have them in place because it shows that I respect myself and that I respect the interactions that I have with other people given that I may limit it sometimes. It's just fucking great. Boundaries are great, guys. Another thing I've learned from my friends is how to really appreciate those who go out of their way for you and friends who feel like family and that you've made a lifelong bond with. This is what makes life feel rich. Or one of the aspects that makes life feel rich. If you guys have heard, there's this instructor at Yale University. Her name is Lori Santos. She teaches a course called Course All About Happiness. And it's the study of happiness and what you need to be truly happy. There were, I think, five main aspects to it. And one of the main aspects that I wanted to highlight was a sense of community. And I feel like something that I've learned from my peers 
is that when you have friends that feel like family, it really highlights that sense of community and belonging that Dr. Lurie Santos mentions in her class. If you guys want to take it, I took the class or I took the course online. It's fucking great. You learn a lot. But that's definitely something I've learned from really, really good friends that I'm so blessed to have. And these friends have also taught me how to love myself. I heard this on a podcast once before that people who love you will also teach you how to love yourself. The good ones. The good ones who love you. And that could never be more true. These friends that I value so much and the people that have really impacted my life in a positive way, they have taught me how to love myself more. And guys, if you have important people in your life, I hope they teach you how to love yourself more because that's when you know you really hit the jackpot in that way. And you should really appreciate them. And those are what parts of my personality and things that I've learned from my parents versus myself. And versus my peers. That is the third topic included. Now on to the fourth topic. What is the most controversial political take you have and logic us through it? Now, I've mentioned this once on the podcast before. But I feel like my, my stance has actually changed a little bit. Or I, I have a new twist a new perspective on this and it's that people in jail okay the main idea the main idea guys is that people in jail do not deserve to be reformed now let me go into detail so my initial idea is that it's not that hard to not go to jail guys not that hard especially when it's a crime from hurting somebody else It's not hard to be nice. It's very, very easy to not hurt other people enough to go to jail. Okay? You know the fucking laws. You know what's going to send you to jail. Don't fucking do it. Fucking serial killers, rapists, pedophiles, bad people. Why? Why do you need to do that? Why do you feel okay with injuring someone else to that extent? You have a fucking heart. You know how it feels to be hurt. Why would you want to do that to somebody else? Why does it make you feel okay to instill pain into somebody else? Why do you feel like you have the right to instill pain into somebody else? That is my main idea on why I have the overarching belief that people in jail, like really, really intense, fucking locked up in, (laughs) I don't remember what the word was called, but like the more intense prisons where you don't get much interactions or because you did something really, really bad. I feel like those people, I don't know, man. It's very hard to say that you deserve to be reformed because the people that you left injured, the people that you hurt are either gone from this world or they are scarred. Their friends and family are scarred and they never deserve that. So how do you get to go into a facility 
where you get fed every single day. You get a roof over your head. You get heat. And you get clothes. Simply because you did something heinous. When there are other people out there in the world who are struggling to make ends meet, who are struggling to put food on the table, who don't get a meal every single day, who don't get a roof over their heads, who don't get clothes and not a place to sleep, yet they are good people. How is that fair? How is that fair that somebody has injured somebody else, has hurt somebody else, has done something so bad, and yet they get their basic human needs met when there are other people in the world who don't have their basic human needs met and they're normal, okay, genuine people? I don't think that is fair at fucking all. Why do these people who do such heinous crimes after a few years, like I'm so sure it's very hard to be in confinement for years and years on on end. But there's just so much that I think is unfair in that aspect. How is it fair that you also get the opportunity to go through some sort of education when some people don't get that opportunity to get an education? But people in jail, you get to read books. Not everyone gets access access to books in order to be reformed into society not everyone gets that help what about refugees what about immigrants where is their help in order to integrate better into society what if they're struggling they don't get as much help how's that fucking fair How's that fair that some people can do heinous crimes and you can just pay some lump sum of money and you can get out of jail on a bail That's not fucking fair. I also don't think the death penalty is fair either. How is it fair that you just get out scot-free and yet you leave? Say this person, this criminal has killed somebody and then the cops kill the criminal or they get the death penalty. How is that fucking fair? You basically get out, of, you get out scot-free. Yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah, this criminal isn't alive anymore. You have left a whole week of people hurting and suffering. Like, I'm not saying they need to be tortured or tormented or anything like that. Put them all on an island where they, like, go on fucking (laughs) pedal bikes so they can harness some energy. Like, something like that. Like, or put them on a field where they can help grow carrots. Or sew clothes for Nike. (laughs) I don't fucking know. But it's very hard not... It's not hard. Fuck. I mean, it's very easy to not hurt other people, guys. That is my controversial political take. And of course, there are people that who are imprisoned for the wrong reasons. They're blamed. They are found guilty without any proof. And they're punished even when they're innocent. And of course, those people should be given the chance to be free and okay i'm so sure like i know people can change i know people can learn but don't make it that easy guys
Don't make it that easy to reform them back into society when there are people out there in the world that are good and honest people that are still struggling to make their basic needs met and who are still struggling to acclimate into society who didn't do any crimes, you know? That's where I don't think it's fair. Now, that being said, I did have this really interesting perspective that I heard from a podcast a couple months ago where this lady, I forgot what the podcast it was, but this lady asked, hey, would you want to be defined by your worst mistake? And when I heard that, I reflected upon myself. I was like, no, I would not. I've made mistakes in life. And I wouldn't want to be judged by the worst thing I've ever done. Because I know I'm so much more than that. I have so much more good. It was a mistake. And when I was thinking about this, I reflected it upon a previous relationship that I had. And I was like, how how do I apply this? Because this was the most, I guess, controversial take that I could apply this new theory to. I was like, I am judging this person by what I deem is their worst mistake and I cannot see them any other way. But I know that I personally would not want to be defined by my worst mistake because there is so much more to me than that. So given that idea, I should be able to, or I should try to apply that idea to the person that I'm talking about, my previous relationship, that I saw so much good in them before I should be able to allow both truths both truths to exist simultaneously. To acknowledge that the worst mistake exists, but they also have so many other qualities, just like myself and just like these people in jail. Now, I haven't exactly been able to work that out in my mind and not completely define that person or even somebody that has gone to jail by their worst mistake. And that's something that I am really interested in exploring further mentally and reflecting on. But that's just a piece of thought for you guys to reflect on, you know? Like, I said this whole piece about people in jail and being reformed. And then I say this idea of not being defined by your worst mistake. Now, where are the boundaries? Where where do you draw the lines? Of course, I think if someone's murdered somebody else, yeah, um, yeah, you should probably be judged by that quite heavily, buddy. But for other people in your life, I guess this is something that you guys can take away as something to reflect on. Should you be judging other people who have done you wrong in life by their worst mistake? Do they have a lot more to give in their personality that is actually good? What is your worst mistake that you've ever done? Would you want to be defined by that? You know, interesting take, guys. Now we are on to the last topic, the fifth topic, and it is, what is a negative trait of your podcast mate? No wishy-washy splashing in good stuff. Cold hard truth. Let's fucking lay it down, Alvin. 
I'm actually very, <laughs> a little nervous to hear what Alvin has to say about me. I feel like he's going to say that I'm late, that I get distracted sometimes and I go on my phone. Or sometimes I'm late in sending him pictures for the YouTube portion of our podcast. But I'm trying to improve on that. <laughs> Anyways, I thought long and hard about this, and I don't want to sound like like I'm the wishy-washy part. I know this topic, when Alvin gave me this topic, it said, no wishy-washy splashing good stuff, cold hard truth. And the first thing that I thought of was that Alvin is a little bit heartless. Like, heartless isn't really the term that I want to use, but he's a little bit more cold than your average person. He has very little fucks given. But I understand who Alvin is to this, to, like, quite well, I would say. And to me, I feel like there are, when you look at somebody's character, and you get to know them well enough, and they're like somebody that means something to you, you understand that they have flaws and they have good points. And you just learn to accept both. This is how they are. Everyone has so-called flaws, and everyone has good points to them. And this is just what makes up their personality. And as long as it's not something super fucking far left field, like, oh, Alvin has this fucking... I don't fucking know, like, thing for torturing rodents (laughs) fucking i don't know if he had something like that then i'd be like yeah that's a fucking negative trait that i want to point out and that you should fucking get rid of because i don't accept that shit or maybe he was like anti maybe he was racist yeah that would be another like straight up racist racist as fuck then that would be something that i would be like yeah that is a negative trait cold hard truth you shouldn't be like that but when i say that alvin is kind of heartless it's more like he's a very logical person. He straight up just has very little fucks to give. <laughs> but even with that being said, he's still a really good friend. He's still I can still see that he cares so much for the people that he's close to. He still really cares for his family, his girlfriend, and his closest friends. I can still see the soft spot in him. And I just think that even though he's not as emotional and not as soft to most people, I wouldn't say that it's a negative trait. It's just Alvin. When I was going through my hard times, I cried on his couch a few times, and we had so many long talks where I just like poured my heart out. And... Alvin is, when I say heartless, here's kind of an example. I would pour my heart out, and then he would basically afterwards say something along the lines of, like, shit, that's rough, or yeah, that's pretty tough, or maybe you should go do something to get your mind off things, or fuck. Sometimes it'd be like that. (laughs) And honestly, that's okay. 
I knew that that was his way of showing that he supported me as a friend and that he still cared about me in those ways. And even though it wasn't like he wasn't crying with me or he wasn't hurting with me or showing me empathy in that way, I still understood it that understood that that was how he showed he cared. And so even though this is something that I'm pointing out as a so-called negative trait because this is a topic at hand, I don't know if I would really say it's a negative trait. It's just how Alvin is, you know? He just has very little fucks given. (laughs) I genuinely, okay, I feel like Alvin's going to be very disappointed in this part of the podcast. Because I'm so sure that Alvin, if you're listening, or when you listen, you'll be interested in seeing what I have to say. And I genuinely thought long and hard about this. But... Perhaps it's how I see people that I'm close with, that I see them as an overall encompassing person. And that unless you have something outstanding, like what I said before with being a racist or something like that, there's no outstanding negative trait of you. I get that you are who you are and I respect who you are, are and I think that overall you're a really great friend really intelligent human being and I support whatever you want to do in life man you're a great podcast mate I know sometimes we struggle with making recording times meet or sometimes it feels like I may not be as invested in the podcast as you are but I genuinely appreciate your friendship and that This is one of the only friendships that I have where I have a project, a personal project going on with. And I really appreciate that. It's a really neat aspect that I've never thought I would enjoy in a friendship. And that I kind of wish that I had in other friendships. Because it's really actually pretty nice to have a friendship where you both are consistently working on a project together for over a year now. And it's really rewarding. To have a friend create something with you and to ha- and to look back on something that you guys both put effort into. It's pretty great. <laughs> and sometimes on the podcast, Alvin and I have really long conversations and it allows me to get to know him better as a human being and as a friend and I really appreciate those conversations and they really just add the richness they really they really add richness to my life and our friendship and Alvin has said this before that he views friendships as bank accounts in that example I feel like Alvin and I have a pretty large bank account because of this ongoing project that we have with each other and that we've developed a really nice friendship. He's literally like my brother. And even <laughs> fuck, this is supposed to be a topic about negative traits. But I can't really name one because I accept you as a, a whole person, Alvin. I don't see really any negative traits. Perhaps you're a little bit of a fucking nerd. (laughs) But I would say I am too. Like, I love how we can geek out about shit. 
and have like crude humor and stuff like that. Maybe your negative trait might be that you eat so much fucking meat <laughs> that you're running the. You're making all the vegans mad in the world. <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. But that's what I have to say about this. Good luck with everything you do in life, and I know you'll go far and make big moves. That being said, guys, thanks for tuning in to my solo podcast. It's actually been a lot of fun. A lot of fucking fun, actually. I definitely talk a lot, and I definitely think that at some points, I increased the speed in which I spoke. And I definitely had a lot of filler words. I said like and and a lot. Which I will be working on. I feel like I eliminated a lot of my filler words in my daily speech. And on regular recordings of the podcast when Alvin is here. But when it's just myself, I definitely feel the need to fill up the silence a little bit more. So I ramble on a little bit more. And I definitely have a little bit... I want to say a little bit. It's definitely quite a lot, in my opinion, to my standard of filler words with the ands and the likes. However, that being said, thanks for tuning in, guys. It's been a fucking slice. This has been a lot of fun doing my first solo podcast. I hope you guys really enjoyed hearing what I had to say. And if you guys had some interesting takeaways, I would love to hear your opinions or any comments and thoughts that you had on this podcast. And also listen to Alvin's podcast from the previous week. Compare the two. Let us know your thoughts. And tune in next time for a nice episode. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.